welcome to another way of living podcast i'm kelly jones your host today and in today's episode what i want to do is i'm going to dive straight into it because this is something that comes up so often with my clients with new clients with lots of people who i speak to and that is learning how to rechannel high functioning anxiety first of all it's the experience of having high functioning anxiety it seems something that a lot of people seem to have in private nobody seems to talk about it so what is it exactly so high functioning anxiety it's it's a unique form of anxiety so many of my clients actually come to me with this they think they're alone because everyone seems to be doing just fine and managing it or but that is hardly ever the case and that's just where on the surface it seems that people have it all together however so these individuals may appear to excel in their careers or have great relationships maybe they're hitting the gym seven times a week they've got great social lives fulfilling all of the responsibilities in their life so it seems like they've got everything together they appear as being highly organized being super accomplished and confidence confidence is a main one which they seem to have however there's always a however in these things beneath this facade of all the success and competence high functioning and anxious individuals experience this constant undercurrent of worry stress self-doubt and this is coming from somebody who has massively experienced this in the past and so what are some examples of someone who would have high functioning anxiety so classic examples would be overthinking so you may experience one or multiple ones of these so overthinking the negative on loop so when i say overthinking the negative on loop that could be past experiences going over and over and over again rheumatoying over the oh, how you could have done something better gosh that was embarrassing why did you do that look at how you looked so thinking of past scenarios but also thinking about possible future scenarios so a constant overthinking and it's this negativity on loop another classic which probably is the top of the triangle of what I see from clients people individuals perfectionism and now we need to remember with perfectionism perfectionism we always think it's just about ourselves. but perfectionism so often when we scrape it down and down and down and this is the fear of anything really is really all we ever care about is a fear of other people other people's opinions so other people's criticism it's the same one i've talked about before in the past fear of failure it's never the act of fear of failure itself it's what the, our status afterwards what are people going to think about that fear of the failure so what other other things what are some other examples so you might have this constant feeling gosh i knew this so well talk about cortisol levels just feeling on edge so you're never here nor there this kind of niggling feeling this restlessness and that might affect your sleep or it might just be a lingering you know that kind of to do feeling always I hate it this is why I always say just get straight to work I know Alex Mosey put it like just get straight into the work that you need to do first thing in the morning they the smaller you can create the gap to kind of get the most important work done just do it because otherwise I find you get this kind of niggling feeling that just this on edge feeling it's another thing that we often do over committing so over committing that comes back down to the perfectionism fear of other people's opinions and letting people down so we're often and you'll see this time and time again and I 
the example of where you'll sign up to say new gym schedule comes out gosh this was classic me and you'd sign up to say 10 classes and then the reality is you might end up going to one or two so this over committing or it might be social like seeing friends or family or anything like that when you know you've got a busy period of work but you just want to burn every candle known to man and so you end up over committing and how does it manifest so high functioning anxiety can manifest in various ways so let's look at the physical side of things so as we've just talked about the restlessness and for me insomnia so it really really affected my as I created insomnia for years and years and years sleep was such a massive thing for me and so for me to now build a routine which I'll talk a bit more about has been so vital still it will be my go-to if I'm ever experiencing some of this so this high function anxiety if it ever starts to creep in I can tell because it starts to linger towards the sleep mental symptoms what would they look like so again like the first one obsessing excessive worrying constantly overthinking and that can be self-talk too so the self-criticism self-doubt and then also the, the emotional side of things. So the emotional symptoms, feeling that overwhelm and also, again, irritability. So people experience a lot of like that feeling of being irritable, the short patience and mood swings. That's a really, really common one. And and just all of this, even saying it out loud, like this internal anxiety, because let's re remind ourselves, high functioning anxiety is this hidden anxiety you, you're not out in the world kind of feeling anxious and exposing it to others you it's a very internal anxiety and I know some people might say oh anxiety is internal but I would disagree because this is the most hidden one so it's the biggest internal conflict you can get because you are trying to make people perceive one version of yourself not even other people you're trying to make yourself believe you're one version of yourself and actually what's going on under the surface is a very different version and so this internal anxiety can be so exhausting and just all around emotionally draining even if it's not readily visible to others because others are like wow I wish I was I used to get this all the time gosh you're so confident gosh you're so disciplined gosh you're so this and what they didn't know was that I had this kind of internal voice going on at me, like 80% of the time, do this, do that. Why'd you do this? Da, 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 da. And it was so emotionally draining. And that would come out in not being able to sleep, feeling irritable, feeling all of these feelings. And so, okay, let's take it further. Then, then where does this all come from? Like what's, what's the why behind it? And there's a long list here and I'll kind of go over some, which I cover a lot in my coaching. And some of these are just what they are. And, but we can do a lot with, a lot with it. So we can definitely take our power back. So why are some reasons why we might be experiencing high functioning anxiety? So first of all, so, so social expectations, that is a massive one. What other people expect of you, what society, go beyond your friends and family, what society expects of you. And that can create so much. And that links into, let's go back to school age. So academic stress, we're seeing the highest level of teenagers experiencing this kind of high level anxiety, as well as within work, 
also there's so we've got other elements so things like certain personality traits certain you will have certain personality traits which will be more prone to it genetics it may be a uh, from a genetic point of view, your parents may have experienced it. So naturally you have taken that on genetics or as a belief system and put it into your paradigm. Your experience on this earth, your past experience, any trauma that you have had in, within your life. And this then starts to create all things. So like self-doubt and stuff like that. And, and it also starts to look at lack of coping strategies and that is one which we'll go on to. So the coping strategies is what you can do about it. So we'll go on and talk a bit more about that. But one big one as well, which we'll kind of want to, the why and why we're experiencing it more today, more than ever. Just look at the technology. Look at how often we touch our phone. I can guarantee how often you touch your phone versus how often you actually touch your phone is vividly, vividly different. And so having this always honest we have to build the strictest boundaries otherwise we're never away from it all so there's no wonder people can get hold of us at any point so there's no wonder we're experiencing such high levels of this anxiety also not only that but social media side of things social proofing constantly looking at what other people are doing that is a classic one. So looking at social expectations, you're reminded of it. You wake up, you click onto Instagram, you click onto TikTok, you go onto whatever. Oh, look at them doing that. Here I am going to a job that I'm not crazy about. Or here I am, my relationship's not great today, but look at their relationship, it's amazing. And here I am, I'm this way and look at their amazing body. If we are not using the correct coping strategies, it's gonna go against us. It's not gonna work for us. And so my whole thing, I, do, I hate kind of just setting up a scenario to be like, oh, well, here's, here's all just crap. So it is just rubbish. So you can't do anything about it. That is not why I'm here. This is not the work I do. What lights me up, what I do is what can we do about it? So first of all, what I'm going to fixate on first, because this is the very thing that I believe uh, I would go as far as to say cure, but manages it in the best way possible and has done because from my life and I had such high functioning anxiety, hit it from the world to be living at the level that I was living. I do this with my clients. This is so, so, so important. First of all, nearly all in, all anxiety in the world lives within the uncertainty lives within the uncertainty so what can we do about that we need to create routine and a predictability that is it we need routine we need structure we need life to be predictable we need control and stability so what does that actually look like how we start with that is time management so time management is everything so there will always be as we say we can only control the controllables and people forget how much power they have to control the controllables so so much anxiety lives within you wake up and it's like oh what am i going to do now what am i going to do today or what about my job and oh, i don't like so we get onto that negative thought loop oh, i really don't like my job here it is again oh this person's having a go at me they're gonna have a go at me again tomorrow because i didn't do the work and i'm not passionate about it oh, i've got no friends 
oh, it's so hard to make friends in your 30s and your 40s, 50s, which is true, by the way, but we can do something about that. Um, and so all we ever do is get fixated on this negative thought loop. And what we need to do, that's your, that's an anxiety breeding ground, this uncertainty, this like uh, yuckiness, negative thought loops, uncertain about what, what the future is going to look like. And we need to bring that power back. So what we need to do is start creating routines of predictability. So you know when you go to sleep how your morning's going to look. I, a classic example of this for me, is my gym clothes. There's a chair next to my bed every night before I go to bed there's I've got dog walking outfit and then I've got my gym outfit which is kind of half and half leggings gym mat anyway you get the idea that is that is always on that chair before because if I woke up I know that when I wake up if that wasn't ready I'd look across and be like "Mm, maybe I'll just whack my jeans and top on and if I whack my jeans and top on I am not going for a long walk and I'm not going to the gym So that is exactly why that is there and it's getting everything ready for the morning. It's the same with when I look to plan my week. So obviously with my coaching, I I kind of know for the next two months when I've got coaching sessions, right? However, there's still a flexibility within some of the week to week, within some of the hours within my week. I ensure that by when Sunday comes on Sunday that I have all of the rest of the week planned up, that I know exactly. And now no, that's not filling every single minute of every hour. But if I've got free time, that is also planned. I'm a massive, massive fan of planning what needs to be done and then even planning spontaneity time because that structure, that routine is going to get you places, it's going to get you reaching your goals and it's going to get you out of this place of experiencing this anxiety within the uncertain. And that can be all other ways. So people saying, oh, I haven't got anything healthy to eat and haven't got this in. I will always ensure that I've got all the freaking colors of the rainbow when it comes to my fruit, my veg, my proteins, everything is in, I'm good to go. So any time of the day, I've got no excuse to be getting that protein hit, to be having that fiber, to be having those juices, to be having this. I, I, I'm not going to have it on my head. Basically, I'm going to ensure that I am prepared for that because if I'm not prepared for it, that's where the self-hate and the self-criticism comes in. Like, why didn't you sort this out before? So that is the need for routine and structure. Otherwise, if I didn't have routine and structure, I am a hot mess. So people are like, how do you function like this? Because of having that structure. And then this, this obviously links onto goals. So it's been proven that those, the people who have one to five year goals will make better decisions on their everyday because they're going to be breaking it down into manageable steps and it's going to just be basically the antidote of feeling overwhelmed so having a plan so say focusing and this will I'll have a completely separate um, podcast for this because goal setting is also important and there's different ones for one year and five year plan and all of this stuff so much of what I do within the coaching but that just breaks it up to today so so many people who come to me with overwhelm it's because they have a little flicker of what they want in the future but they don't have any idea of what that looks like kind of coming back so one year to six months to three months to four weeks to two weeks to this week to today this morning and that's how it's got to be broken up because that is the ultimate antidote to feeling overwhelmed and and then by day by day achieving these goals by keeping to that time management doing those things will instantly boost your self-confidence it will 
instantly reduce that anxiety because anxiety can't exist when everything's predictable and you're doing what you're doing. And another one of this, which kind of follows that along and making sure you're ticking off everything is the progress tracking. Recognizing those small wins and that will give you a sense of motivation, momentum. I know people hate all of this, ah, motivation, but you need to create that for yourself because when you inspire yourself, you inspire yourself by the act of doing. And so you create levels of that motivation, which turns into that momentum. And that gives you that sense of accomplishment and kapow, you're starting a snowball effect and this will keep going. And so it's really important to put them together. So you've got the time management really hone in on your weeks, having those goals and then tracking that progress. Um, but another thing I also want to talk about is rechanneling. And this is something that I've started doing a lot. I've actually rewrote some of my methodology within my coaching to focus in on this. So I'm just going to touch into it as a taster right now. But rechanneling your anxiety, rechanneling that negative energy, rechanneling, because all it actually is, is an energy, right? So it, anxiety is neither good or bad. Energy is neither good or bad. It is what you end up doing with that, the state you go to with that. What is the result of that? So instead of going around and around, so here's a, a backtrack. So an example of this, I felt a few weeks ago, or a month ago or so, I just felt so flat. I could feel this negative self-talk. I was starting to think, oh, I didn't do great in that. And I was looking backwards a bit instead of thinking, oh, here's the, you know, I'll take what I didn't do so great there and I'll do it better going forwards. And I was being very self-critical. It was a little creeper. When you start to really bring self-awareness to this, you'll be able to see when it starts to creep in and you'll be able to kind of shunt it down really quickly. So on this day, I just was feeling all of these feelings. And instead, Instead, what I started to think about, because I'd started writing and redoing some of my methodology within my coaching program about rechanneling. And so where I felt that energy, so it was very much in my stomach. So it was in my head and in my stomach. I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this. And what I ended up doing was all of those feelings I started putting into my muscles. So what I mean by that was I... Right, I'm going to go to the gym because we know how gym exercise everything, release all of the good, all of the good natural drugs. I'm going to go to the gym, and on route to the gym, it's about a ten minute drive. I was taking all of the energy from my mind, my stomach, and putting it into my muscles, as well as playing music freaking loud. I think that's some. It's a variation of dance music, rock music, so it really gave you the grit that you needed, and so. But with this, I started putting it into like my quads, my glutes, my calves, and I was just filling myself up. And I, it was as if I had just gone in like cold dipping, like I just jumped in a river. I really started working myself up to the point that I'm heading into the gym. It's like a minute walk into the gym and I could not wait to get on that running machine. I could not wait because I was like, oh, freaking hell, these legs are good to go. This body's good to go. And I had literally removed it all from my head, my stomach into my legs. And on that day, I ended up running a 5K two minutes faster than I had ever done in my life without even trying. So my intention, zero expectation, my intention was to go in there and give it everything I've got. Not for a 5k, not for a period of time. I just needed to get this stress out of my body. And by doing that, I got into a flow state of 
and flow state makes it sound more peaceful and lovely and calm than it actually was. It was a grit fest. I was like effing have it. My body just threw, was just on it. So all of this energy just was just booming through my legs. And it was just pure feist and fire. And by doing that, without realizing, without chasing anything, without any expectations, I literally took off. It was like two minutes, four seconds or something off of my fastest 5K ever known to man. Crazy. And so we need to find that way of re-channeling that energy, that anxiety. Reword it how you like. Remember, anxiety is neither good or bad. Energy is neither good or bad. What are you going to do with it? And we do have the ability to take it out of part of us and put it into another part of us. But we need to be aware of that. We can't just sit there and be like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. Yes, we've got to sit with it and be like, I am feeling this. That's the first sign of awareness. However, you can then do something about that. So another part of this within just your work day, this is a classic one, which I do, I do often, just switch off any distractions, turn your phone on to those do not disturbs, set timers. I've recently got one of these. Yes, I've got on the bandwagon of the whole digital timer. It is a game changer. Set it, set it on your phone, whatever it is. Set timers, switch off everything else, do the work because your brain wants, wants that predictability, it wants that structure, but you've got to implement that for your brain to fixate on. So switch off the distractions, Put it in wherever, whether you're working, whether it's to be with your partner and just like stare into each other's eyes or make out or whatever, be present, but do it fully. Get rid of all the other distractions. Another one I want to, so I want, the purpose of this is I want to give you, so my whole point of this, I don't just want to fixate and be like, oh, high functioning anxiety. Like I want you to do something about it because you can get so many good stuff out of it. So this is a bit of a, you might want to note some of these down because I am going to kind of offload and give you how-tos, go-tos, uh, examples, basically, because that's what's useful. If I, when I listen to podcasts, I want to be able to walk away with something that I can implement straight away. So another one, which I'm a massive fan of, is on paper, at the end of your day, reviewing and planning. Review what has been, plan what will be. So the purpose of writing this down Get it out of your head. The number one thing when people experience high-functioning anxiety is they're taking all of that to bed. No wonder you're not sleeping. No wonder you're stressed and irritable. No wonder you're freaking out. No wonder you're overwhelmed. No wonder you're thinking, oh my God, I'm a piece of whatever. What's my life going to turn into? No wonder you're thinking all of this because it's in your head. You need to get that out of your head. So the purpose of this, so review what went well, and then taking over, so what went well, and then what didn't, like, let's be realistic, if it was a shit day, and you just showed up at 20% capacity, be honest about that, so, because then that is the, within the plan, that is how, what can be pushed, improved tomorrow, so what have I done today, what worked, what didn't, what can I then redo tomorrow, or other said day, so, it just hands it over. It's not lingering in your head. It's not lingering in the self-doubt. It's not lingering that it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. You've done what you've done with it today. Brilliant. Take what you can. It's just like preparing, getting your gym kit ready for tomorrow. Exactly that. You're getting a bit of a plan what you can do tomorrow. So it mentally gets that stress out and onto paper. Right. So we've done that. We've got our plan together. We've got all of this. Now, how are you going to end all of this? Two more things, two more ways, which I love to basically get this out of my head so say you're finishing work at five six seven whenever you're finishing work 
you're going to offload all of this end of day end of play plan for tomorrow brilliant you're now into your next section of your evening unless you're a night out and you work in the evening then that's a different story but you get the idea now i want you to move your body so maybe that is going for a workout but even if it's not how i like to end so say i finish up and i finish a different time so some days i might finish at 5 p.m other days i'm finishing at 8 9 p.m because of working with us canadian australian clients anyway but my main thing here once i've got everything out of my head got my plan for tomorrow i will move my body but not in a go off and do a mass workout because i've probably done that at some other point first thing in the morning or at some point in the day i will literally my little routine to physically move because it's really important to get a change state after once you close down you need to have a change state that's a really really important part for the neuroplasticity side of things so I will do, say, 10 press-ups, and then I'll kind of move forwards into anyone who knows the yoga movement, so like downward dog movement, and then I'll do that, and then I'll come back to a child's pose. That will feel nice on my hips, a nice little stretch, and then I might get up again because I've still got a little bit of that feist inside of me, so I'll go back down, another 10 press-ups, and they're getting slower as they go on, but then downward dog, that's a nice little stretch, and down to child's pose, and then I might think, oh, I've got a little bit left of me, so again, I might think 10 press-ups, it's actually maybe four or five, downward dog, child's pose, extended child's pose, and then I'll kind of stretch it out. And that literally just gets any lingering last bits in my body. I've changed the state of my body, which is vital if you're, you experience anxiety at all. Changing the, the your physical state is a really important one. And then after this, my finale will be the breath work. And so dependent on where you're at this point. So you've mentally got things out of your head. So you've done the on paper side of things. You've reviewed, you've planned, you know what you're doing tomorrow. Now you're changing your physiology. You're changing that body state, be it an actual workout, be it two minutes on the ground, doing a little bit of a stretch, whatever it is, you're changing your physiology. And now it comes down to the breath. Now the breath is the vital component. If you are, so there's two options here. If you are still experiencing lots of anxiety at this point or still feeling rather heightened, what I would what I would suggest you doing is I would suggest so a faster a faster breath here. So that would be thirty long inward breaths, so longer elongated breaths with a shorter out. So it's fast. It's like, and what that does is it brings on a stress induced state. And you're going to be thinking, what the hell, Kelly? I've just gone through this whole freaking thing to get rid of my stress. Hear me out. It brings on a stress-induced state, so it brings it to the surface. And then after that 30, what you're going to do is then do 30 longer breaths. So shorter in, longer out. This then relaxes the body. So if you are still, again, here's the options. If you are still feeling a bit heightened, that you've still got some lingering stress, do those 30 Long inward breaths, short out because it brings on the stress. It, bring, it brings on any, so any lingering stress that's still going on in your body, body is going to bring to the surface. And then what you're going to do is be like, bye-bye now. And then you are going to swap it over after those 30 for 30 longer breaths afterwards as this relaxes the body. However, if you 
aren't feeling super stressed and you chill and all of these things or just want to mellow down or if it's just a normal freaking day for you this is how I would end every single day is just the close down breath and that is that can be four five six or four seven eight methods and what I mean by that is you breathe in for four you hold for five and then you breathe out for six and so play around. So if you're new to it, I would suggest four, five, six. I know people have box breathing. So four, four, four. I think it's better to kind of go up the ladder slightly more. If you've been doing it a while, maybe four, seven, eight. So breathe in for four, hold for five or seven, breathe out for six or eight. So the purpose of this is obviously deep breaths, calm the nervous system and reduce the anxiety. So dependent on what level you're at, either do the fast and then end with the slow or just go in for the slow. But breathwork is vital. Breathwork has been something that has saved me in multiple situations from responding, reacting, thinking more clearly, not putting my foot in it, doing good work, being a better friend, being way better within my coaching ability. Breathwork is so vital and it is something which I hear every day. People are like, oh, I know, I know I should do it. Mm -mm, yeah, I know I should do it. How many of us do that? And I was that person for so, so, so long. So maybe you're not ready to break into the meditation. You're struggling with that. Start with breath work. Breath work is something to always have as your go-to. And I'll just do it multiple times in the day if I'm just feeling like I haven't even take, taken kind of a deep breath for a while. Just from, like sit up straight and just get so like five, 10 deep breaths in my body because breath is just vital. So I hope this has been of use. Go back through, you want to pinpoint how to rechannel. That is the most important element of this. So your experience, no, you are not alone. So many people, way more than you could ever imagine. Just remember high functioning anxiety is such a secret anxiety. So there is a reason you'll think no one else experienced it, but I can guarantee from the work that I do, from me, from so many people I know, so many people do experience it. And so it's all about how we rechannel it. Remember, anxiety is neither good or bad. Energy is neither good or bad. It is what we do with it. So we need to learn to rechannel it, get it onto paper, review it, make plans, make routines, commit to that. Anxiety doesn't like it when you make a structure because it likes breeding in the uncertainty. So get out of the uncertainty, create certainty and move your body, breathe, 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 breathe. Hope this has helped. Enjoy. And I will see you again next week.